all had a great week. As we come to uh, worship our Creator King, I would like to open with a word of prayer, and I'm going to read it. And then I'll tell you where it's found if you don't recognize it. Okay, so let's pray. Let your ear now be open and your eyes open so that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you today, day and night, for your servants, the sons of Israel, and confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you, both I and my father's house have sinned. Utterly we have acted wickedly against you and have not kept the commandments and the statutes, the judgments which you commanded your servant Moses. I beseech you, remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you act unfaithfully, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you will turn to me and keep my commandments and do them, though you are cast out of the outer parts of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there, and I will bring them to the place that I have chosen to set my name there. And these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed with your great power and by your strong hand. O Yahweh, I beg you, let your ear be open to the prayer of your servants and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name. And I beg you, bless your servants today and grant us mercy as we set out to do what you commanded us to do. In Yeshua's name, amen. Nehemiah chapter 1. Verses 6 through 11. Go ahead and put up our first slide there, will you please? Some interesting things have come to mind in recent weeks. If you have been uh, following along with what's happening at Revive, this theme is the same theme that Yahweh gave me over three weeks ago, not knowing what they were going to do at Revive. So he does all these little uh, wonderful things for us to let us know that he's speaking to us. Mature, maturity slash unity, seemingly difficult, profoundly, but profoundly simple, and also absolutely necessary. The theme coming out of what Yahweh's been saying now for quite some time is unity. And I want to think, I want us to think on that term for just a moment, because it's not, as Bill Cloud said last night, it's not unity at any cost. Because if you look around us today, a lot of congregations are capitulating and compromising to maintain a unity in their congregation. They're embracing all the things that society says is okay and disregarding what our Creator King is saying. But the unity that he's talking about here is a total unification. And I want to read you the verses in the next slide that tells us that. And it's quite interesting. Can you change the background just a little bit? Lighten it up. 
Can y'all see it? I cannot see it. Let him work on it for just a minute. If you want to go in your scriptures, you can do that, and we'll continue. Maybe they can get that straightened out there in a minute. We're coming from John chapter 17, which we know to be Yeshua's priestly prayer. And I'm going to start in verse 20 through 23. I'd encourage you to go look at this and refresh yourself with this whole chapter, because it is for our understanding in this generation because it wasn't only written about the apostles in their generation. Yeshua says it's for those who will get to know me based on what they have said. So here we go. Verse 20. I do not pray concerning these only, but also concerning those who will believe in me through their word, that all may be ecod as you and I as you are in me, Father, and I in you, that they also may be caught in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory which you have given to me, that they may be caught as we are caught. So we see right there that we have available to us the oneness with the Father, because Yeshua passed it on to us. And as we partner with him in the person of the Ruach, he makes all the things that were available to him by the Father available to us. So in verse 23, he says, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in one, and that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. So here we see the availability to us to be caught, to be one with him and with each other. So it's not just a flippant thing. It is actually, if you want to look at it here, it's a prerequisite for each of us as we set out to love our neighbor. Uh, I've said this several places, but I want to say it again. You know, I said, uh, I love you, Father. He says, great. See if you can love Keith. See if you can love Roy. See if you can love whomever, okay? And you know what? In Bill Cloud's message last night, he's talking about us being in unity. And he says, Kelly, <laughs> he says, I'm going to give you somebody that has a whole lot of barnacles. And he was doing the stone comparison, okay? We are stone. And he gives us someone probably a lot like our own character. Right, Roy? He gives us each other. And as we rub elbows, so to speak, with each other, we have to learn to knock those barnacles off of ourselves as we bump into each other. Because everything that he's doing for us, he is preparing us to be where he is. And if we don't make this... We can't make that. That's just how he operates. So we see in this passage, uh, maybe today we can see some things that would prevent us from being totally unified with him and each other. 
these are not going to be the absolute things, but I want us to start looking at these things because I think we can see a pattern here. Hey, great, you got it. Good job. That's like I was saying uh, a couple weeks ago when Mark was talking. Um, the Father will see how we handle things most when we are at home with our family because we're with them all the time. And here, we only see each other most of the time on Shabbat. But when we're around people all the time, that's when the Father truly sees our heart and he wants us to reflect him in our responses. Just everything we do, that's where he's working to do that. But as we, well, he's the congregation, he's working that out too. Well, he's fixing, he's about to, Southern for his fixing it. He's, he's about to do something. Uh, the evidence is uh, quite high and piling up even higher that this is the generation that's often spoken, spoken of in Scripture. So the situation is being created where we will have to do that. But in the meantime, he's about to bring a large influx of people our way and other people's way. Now, I'm going to say this here. It doesn't, it doesn't really go here, but i got to say it so I don't forget it. Only the creator of the universe know who his chosen seed are. Okay? Yeshua said, I came for the lost sheep of the tribes of Israel. Okay? He's first putting that family back together. Okay? You and I don't know who those set-apart seed are. So if we are talking against a certain denomination or a faith or whatever, you might be talking against some of his set-apart seed. Yes, I believe with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind that he requires that we be born again by the blood of Yeshua and that we keep his teachings and instructions. So, I'm also saying to you that I believe the circumstances that he has orchestrated on planet Earth is going to bring those set-apart seeds to himself. And the ones who do not want to go that direction, uh, it won't be a pretty picture. But because we are his set-apart seed, he will mark us as his. And when those things that are coming on the planet where we are will not affect us. Now, without getting over there in very deep in the Torah, because all that's in the Torah, the prophetic word had to see the Torah to be able to written like it's written, and we have to understand the Torah to be able to understand the prophetic word as it's written. So that's how the Spirit works. He empowered those guys to write it. He empowers us to be able to see and understand what's being said there. So, with that being said, let's go to the next slide, which is one of the things that's helped us go the wrong direction. 
Now, I'm just, I'm laying out a pattern here, so let's don't get hung up on some little part here. But I'm going to read this for us. This is one of the first places he really gets on the shepherds, and I want you to see what he's saying here. Isaiah 56, 9 through 12, and he starts out in 9 by saying, All the beasts of the field come to devour. All beasts in the forest. Now, when he's using that terminology there, he's not talking about a literal beast, Keith. He's talking about all the false demonic entities that are out there. And we're going to see that in a minute. So just hang on to that thought. Verse 10, he says, His watchmen are blind. They all do not know. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Dreaming, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, dogs greedy of soul. They are. They know no satisfaction, and they are shepherds. So he's identifying here who he's talking to. These are his shepherds he's talking about. They do not know to discern. They all look to their own way, each one to his own gain, from his own end saying this. Come, let us bring wine, and let us gulp down a fermented drink, and tomorrow shall be as this day, great, exceedingly abundant. Now, Isaiah wrote that. And I'm very suspicious that some of that was in his day, but it's definitely multiplied manifold times in this generation. Okay? He also says something in Isaiah 57. Next slide, please. 57, 10 through 13. You were wearied in the length of your way. You did not say despair. So when they got in a situation here that they were really beat down, they didn't recognize that they were in despair. If you go read in uh, one of the congregations in uh, Revelation, it is uh, Laodicea. He says, you think you're rich and you're good? He says, you're really naked and blind. You can't hear. I encourage you to go buy gold from me. So he's saying here in this particular part here, he's saying, you found the life of your hand so you were not sick. In other words, you didn't recognize that you were sick. You denied that you were sick. You were denying that you were living in sin. I heard that some more while ago. People are thinking they're okay, but yet they are doing what they want to do. So the challenge for all of us is is to check ourselves and make sure we're doing what he wants us to do and not what we just want to do because that is what leads us down the wrong road. Verse 11, And whom have you dreaded and feared? You have lied and have not remembered me not laying it on your heart. You haven't put my word in your heart. Have I not been silent even from forever? Wow. And you have not feared me. There is absolutely no fear of Yahweh right now today. I remind you again, there's two significant events that happened 
in 2008. One of them was we woke up to the fact that we need to be keeping the Torah because the sins of Jeroboam are now to be removed. 2008 was the year that Nick Ram actually embraced and prayed and asked for Asitan to come. And it, the, the platform that they did that in was in the world of the two significant in London, of all places. So those are the two significant things that happened in the 08 series, as well as it being another Smita year. Start to line up, and it helps you start to look at these things and start to understand these things. They really start to line up, and it helps our, our understanding of what Father's saying to us. Verse 12, he says, I will reveal your righteousness and your works, and they will not benefit you because there is no righteousness in you. That's what he's saying. When you cry, let your assembly deliver you. Wow. He's saying there, okay, guys, you have denied my Torah. You say it's not relevant. Well, what's your standard you're living by? For you to do? Well, then let them deliver you. So in the next part, he says, but they won't. Here's why. But the wind shall bear away all of them. Vanity takes them. Remember what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes? All is vanity. Everything is vanity. And they're swept away in unbelief. But who, he who takes refuge in me shall inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. Next slide, please. So just in case we think that is by itself, let's look at it a little differently here in Ezekiel 34. Now, this is sort of a lengthy read, but Ezekiel here by the Holy Spirit really spells this out for us completely understand what he's saying to us as far as how we got to be where we are and how the world got to be where it is today. Ezekiel 34, verse 1 says, And the word of Yahweh was to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. So he's identifying here that the covenant people that he have has a covenant relationship with is Israel. Prophesy and say to them, to the shepherds, so says Adonai Yahweh, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who are feeding themselves should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourself with the wool. You sacrifice the fat ones, and you do not feed the flock. Now, I'm not against anyone having any amount of money. But I know the last time I looked, it just popped up on whatever I was looking at, and it had the uh, 25 wealthiest preachers on the planet. And I'm not going to name names, but I'll tell you how much they reported that the number one guy had, and it was $750 million is what he had. Okay. Others had multiple million dollars. And I'm not saying that's wrong for them to have money. I'm not saying that at all. But you know what? If we had that much money, we could relieve a whole lot of issues on the planet, right? We could do a lot of different things. I'm just simply saying here, it sounds like they have benefited greatly 
from spreading a false doctrine, if you will, because that's one of the ways they could obtain such uh, wealth, which is certainly not a biblical pattern, is to indulge in that kind of speaking. Verse 4, he says, You have not strengthened the weak, you have not healed the sick, and you have not bound up the broken. Now, the healing of the sick here is an important thing because we have this super medical uh, system right now in the United States of America, but they can only treat your disease. They can't heal your disease. And I'm not speaking ill of the com medical com community at all because I really think it started out great at one time. But right now today, uh, and I won't get on COVID because I could stay there a while and I'm not going to get there, but uh, the medical community is not what it needs to be because here's where he's saying our healing comes from. It should come from our elders and shepherds as they lead us. And if they're telling us the truth about our situation, a lot of times uh, the physical problems that we're having, and I'm not being all inclusive here, I'm just simply saying, he says, I will not put on you the diseases of Egypt, right? So if we, as a congregation of believers, have the same amount of physical problems as everybody else have, it would be a good place to start is to check and see if we are participating in some sin that we're not supposed to be involved in that would directly connect us to that physical ailment, okay? Here again, I'm not being all-inclusive. I'm just making some suggestions. You have not bound up the broken, and the banished have not been brought back, and you have not sought the lost, but you rule them with force and with hardness. I'd, I'd like to put a plug in here for what I've seen since I've been at River of Life. The first day we come here, uh, Mark was standing up here saying why a certain individual could no longer come here. Now, this was seven years ago. So those of you who have been here long, you're going to know who I'm talking about. However, I'm not wanting to talk about anything. I'm going to talk about a principle that's practiced here that's not practiced somewhere else. And I've watched our shepherd and the elders here to go to great lengths not to have to say, you can't come here anymore. But that may be necessary, even more so as the time approaches to us. So in the next slide, we continue our discussion here. In verse 5, and they were scattered for lack of shepherds, and they became food to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. Now, there's that connection back to what was said in Isaiah a while ago, the beasts of the field. They believed anything that they heard. You can really get on certain parts of the uh, Internet, YouTube especially, and you can find somebody out there that's going to agree with the way you believe. Whether it's biblical or not, there'll be somebody out there that's going to agree with you, and you can get with that person and start your own denomination if you like. Okay? My sheep strayed through all the mountains and on every high hill, and my sheep were scattered on all the face of the earth, and none searched and none sought for them. For this reason, shepherds, hear the word of Yahweh. 
as I live, declares Yahweh Elohim, surely because my sheep became a prey and my sheep became food for all the beasts of the field from not having a shepherd and because my shepherds did not search for my sheep and the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed the flock. So the condemnation is adding up here, isn't it? So as we continue to read this part in the next slide, So, O shepherds, hear the word of Yahweh. So says Yahweh Elohim, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep from their hand and cause them to cease from pasturing the flock. And the shepherds shall no longer feed themselves, for I will deliver my sheep from their mouth, and they will not be food to devour. Now, I'd say that's a direct answer to what we saw in 2008. He started removing his people from the false shepherd's mouth. He started bringing them together to hear the full truth of his word. So this is a prophecy that's taken place in our day. Okay? For so says Yahweh, Elohim, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. When you awaken to who you are and where you need to be, you will find a congregation. Uh not because it was anything special on our part. We had a lot of help getting here in this place. But we moved because this is where we want to be. This is where we saw we needed to be. And a lot of you have done the same thing. So we see this thing happening. People are moving to where there is a congregation. One of the interesting things that I saw happen that revived this time, and if you haven't watched that, you can, they actually had a number of people come and say to uh, Herman and Kathy, hey, look, can you put us on a list here to help somebody else bring help to us so we can learn how to help other people out? In other words, we won't start a congregation. Can you bring two people around the globe to an answer? Congregations are very that Steve and Shirley have seen when they've been out on the road. A lot of those little congregations are very small, and they really don't have anybody that really wants to lead that congregation. So I see a trend, and there's nobody here happen where people are starting to understand uh, we need a shepherd, and there's nobody here. Maybe he's talking to me, and they've prayed about it, and they have realized that he is speaking to them. So we start to see some changes. We're starting to see some things that are working out. As a shepherd seeks his flock in the day that he is among his scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep and I will deliver them from the places where they were scattered in a day of cloud and thick cloud. Next slide, please. So we see here that that time that he's talking about there where he's going to bring us all together is a day of a cloud and a thick cloud. So as we go look at that in the prophetic word, we can line that up, Keith. We can see when that's going to happen. Okay? So to continue in verse 13, that guy's on the job back there. I don't have to tell him. Thank you. You're doing good. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the lands, and I will bring them to their land and feed them 
on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and on the high places of the land. I, even I, will feed them in a good pasture, and on the high mountains of Israel. Uh, their fold shall be, they shall lie in a good fold, and they shall feed in a fat pasture on all the mountains of Israel. And I will feed my sheep. I will make them lie down, declares Yahweh Elohim. So we see in these passages the heart of the Father for his sheep. That's you and I. We are the sheep he's talking about. So the focus has been against the false shepherds who have scattered the sheep abroad. They failed to do everything a shepherd should do. and They were not ignorant of that. They knew what they needed to do, yet they chose not to do it. His sheep went after every strange religious doctrine, prostituting themselves away from the Creator King. The time is now where he himself is starting to bring his sheep back together. He's starting to speak to us about what he wants us to do. We recognize this in our day as we see shepherds emerging and reestablishing the true gospel of Yahweh. It's happened here. It's starting to happen at, at Jacob's tent. Uh, I didn't get to hear um, Mike Clayton. Uh, Pam and uh, Rachel heard it, but I didn't get to hear it. And they were just telling me how excited they were because we have some very good friends that are in that congregation over there. So here is uh, another congregation that's come online, and they're really starting to grow and mature and disciple people. So there's, this is happening all the way around. Now, in the, this slide, where we don't get to weasel out of this. Huh. In the same passage of him talking to the shepherd, he's also talking to the sheep. Okay, sheep, let's hear what he has to say. Verse 17. And you, my flock, so says Adonai Yahweh, behold, I judge between lamb and lamb, between rams and he goats. Is it a small thing to you to have fed on the good pasture, but you must trample the rest of your pastures with your feet, and you have drunk from the clear water, but the rest you have filed with your feet. Here is a direct allusion to the Laodicean and the Nicolaitan way of doing things, a mixture, okay? We have embraced mixture as sheep and said that it's okay. But it's not okay. And we're not innocent either. And my sheep, what your feet have trampled, they must feed on, and what you, they drink, you have had your feet in. You've soiled with your feet. You have polluted my word. You've changed it and made it look like what you want it to look like. Okay? So we're not innocent either. We bought on to that. So it's not just the shepherds that are guilty. We're also guilty. Okay? In verse 20, he says, So Yahweh says this to them, Behold, I, even I, will even judge between the fat lamb and the lean lamb. Next slide, please. Because 
you have thrust aside with your shoulder and have pushed all the wheat with your horns until you have scattered them to the outside. Direct reference, you haven't taken care of the widows and orphans. And as we will see later, uh, because we feel like we're good, I'm talking about not necessarily us, I'm talking about uh, religious activities, 44,000 different denominations on the planet, okay? That's what I'm speaking about. And they all have formed their own religious thinking, and he's challenging each and every one. Every one. Okay? And I'll tell you, that if you heard uh, Bill Cloud last night, he didn't cut the Messianic guys any slack either. He really did not. He said, when you can quit arguing over uh, dates and calendars and how to count the armor and all those different things, we might be getting somewhere, he says. So we don't need to be messed up. Verse 22, he says, I also will save my flock, and they shall no longer be for a prey, and I will judge between lamb and lamb, and I will raise up over them one shepherd, he shall feed them, my servant David, talking of Yeshua, and he shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, Yahweh, will be their Elohim, and my servant David shall be a ruler among them. I, Yahweh, have spoken. And I will cut a covenant of peace with them, and make evil be ceased out of the land, and they shall live in the wilderness securely and sleep in the forest. He's talking about millennial kingdom language here. And he's saying to you and I, this will be where I rule with a rod of iron with you. We got to make it to that place, don't we? So here's what I'd like to do now. I would like to transition just a little bit in the next slide, which is 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. Just miss that extra 3 on there. I don't know how I got that on there. He says, for a time will be when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own lust, they will add to themselves extra teachers according to their own desires. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to fables. Now, this is pretty much where religious people are. But now I want to remind us of something. In all of these different 44,000 denominations, there are seed people there. There are people of his pasture there. So those are the ones we need to be reaching. And he's called us to be. That was always Israel's commission, was to bring in the nations. Okay? That's always been their commission. And that's our commission. So I can't talk bad about the Sunday guys. I was one. I can't talk about the guy who's not believing the way we're believing here. I don't have a right. You know why? Because that's condemnation. And only the creator of the universe has the righteous. Uh, nature to condemn anybody. We're not to judge our brother 
Only Yahweh knows where that person is of the righteous seed or not. I don't. So he's calling us out to be separated unto himself and live a life that is separated unto him so that they will recognize he is the creator of the universe and walk in it. And if we do that, you know what's about to happen? Loosedale, Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, North Carolina, the other places where Yahweh's people are going to be gathered to, there's a remnant in Israel, all those different things. That's where the people are going to flock to. He's going to send them. We don't have to go get them. He's going to send them. But we, number one, have to be unified with him in all aspects of our walk. Because he is going to bring things upon the planet that's going to cause people, number one, to realize they've missed the rapture, right? There is a taking away, but it's at the last trump. So if you look at everything that happened from the sixth seal to the last trump, there's a whole lot of things happening on the planet. And people are going to be looking for the truth. Okay? And if you are saying that you are a follower of the creator of the universe, you are going to be asked to share about what the truth is. And you won't have to go hide. He will search you out, and they will search you out. The word tells us they're going to hang on to your tzitzit. So you better have them on, <laughs> right? You might miss an opportunity to share if you don't have them on. So these people will be deceived to go find themselves teachers that's going to tickle their ear. In other words, they're going to say that, hey, you are okay. There's one thing wrong with that. They're not the ones who say whether you are okay or not. I heard something profound again out of uh, Bill Cloud's mouth last night. He says, for 20 years I've been traveling the circuit, teaching, 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 teaching. So is all the other teachers, teaching, 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 teaching. He said, that era's over with. Now he's pulling believers who have believed that into congregations where they will be the salt and the light. And if you're going to name the name of Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh and that you have the blood of Yeshua covering you and you're keeping the Torah, you better get your stuff together because there's a lot of people fishing to come ask you questions. On the, not just here, out there in the workplace, wherever you are, Walmart, whatever, they're going to come up to you and say, what's those strings on your shirt there or on your belt loop? Or ladies on the end of your outer garment. Well, I'm glad you asked, right? Let me tell you about that. See, the door will be open to you, and the Spirit will bring those people to you, not to be argumentative with you, but they're there for you to see and understand and share what He wants you to share. Now, I want to share this with you, and if you can't see that, up there, let me know, and I can make you a hard copy of this. Can you see it? Can't see it. What does, what does it need to happen? 
not blurry. There. Now we got it. You just have to follow along with me, okay? But you're going to need to show both sides, so you need to swap back and forth. This is Yahweh's leadership. And it says here, qualified by the Torah, valiant, fears Yahweh, truthful, hates covetousness, wise, understanding, knowledgeable. And he gives you references. Now, if you can show me the other side. There you go. These are man's hierarchies. Now, if you remember a while ago, we made a uh, comment about the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitan uh, belief system is that they've got it all together, and you have to come to them to find the answer, which is eliminating the Holy Spirit or Yahweh at all out of the equation. So here's what we see. Now, I'm not against education. I'm not against any of those things. But in this realm, we see that man's hierarchy is qualified by man's credentials, i.e., a university or a seminary, which gains the respect of education, okay, by men's tradition, respect of men by being qualified and approved by men's tradition. Now, that's on both sides of the fence, okay? That's in Judaism as well. Uh, it's also in what we would term Christianity, which I don't put myself in that category. And I'm not against the term Christianity. But when you go to talk to an Orthodox Jew and you tell him you're a Christian, what does he hear? Right. You're part of the people that's been hunting me down since Yeshua was crucified, right? You, if you didn't follow alone on uh, the PRN series, which is on HRN, uh, Keith Johnson, myself, and B.J. Walters are all going through a sequence. Well, in one of my sequences, and it was the congregation at Smyrna, which was the Smyrna, not Smyrna, Smyrna. There, they were the called the persecuted church. And for your understanding, pogroms, P-O-G-R-O-M-S, which were, if you look that up in the dictionary, it'll tell you that it's an organized governmental plan to exterminate a religious group, and it says Jews there. So from 55 under Nero to 313 under Diocletian, there were 10 attempts by the Roman government to totally wipe out the Jewish race of people. You know what? The last being the longest and bloodiest did not get the job done. And right after that, Constantine accepted, quote, and became a Christian in 324. So they found out they could not exterminate them, so they came along beside them and did what Balak and Balaam done. Yes. That's where things got changed, okay? And then we immediately entered into a period of the Dark Ages, and we have since been coming out of the Dark Ages to understand what the word of Elohim says to us. 
And I won't go through all of these because if you really want to know, I can get you a hard copy of that, and I won't go through the details of going through all that. And things in the other side, as Yahweh. See, one is man's way of doing things, and the other side is Yahweh's way of doing things. So as we look at that, I wanted us to look at the things that maybe we haven't totally changed over yet to Yahweh's way of thinking on some of these things. Uh, it's worth a read. I'll get you a copy of it. Okay, But I, I won't belabor us here with the time and the effort to do that. But in closing what I got to say, I think the Creator is doing above and beyond what we ever anticipated and it has greatly escalated under the COVID situation and it's going to continue to change and if you want to hear what Bill Cloud had to say about it last night that might change your perspective a little bit on the COVID remembering that nothing happens to us unless the Father himself permits it and allows it as believers okay so everything that we've been exposed to and we looked at he's permitted he did it. It's not somebody else that's doing it. The Creator is allowing all these things to come on the planet to check, test our hearts. Number one, he says everything begins at the house of Yahweh first, right? So in order for his plan to be put in place where people are going to come to you, he's got to change us. So please be willing for him to change us or else we might not be talking to anybody. That makes sense? So he's about that change. He's about changing us. He wants us to come along beside him and work out those difficult areas in our life. And if we say we have none of those, then we probably have not been honest with ourselves about other things as well. Let's just put it in a nice way. Okay. So our Creator King is about our change. He loves us. He wants us to change. He set things in motion, and this is probably the most exciting ever time that's been on planet Earth. Because he said, Yeshua himself said, there's never been a time like this, and there will never be another time like this. In other words, everything that's ever been set in motion will be finishing up in this generation.